The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Jackie was just disgusted by some spit on the microphone. Can't tell you why or who's just i don't enjoy it now <laughs> now i'm unhappy do you want a different microphone no i don't want a different microphone <laughs> <laughs> well we have six if uh, i know i if, can just dally you... on to another one <laughs> no i'm strong you're a strong woman i can keep my past in the past <laughs> not me i don't deal with things it's fine <laughs> Well, speaking of dealing with things, especially things in the past, and I guess you only deal with things in the past. I'm yeah, really, yeah. not really sure if you deal with things in the future. Uh, but I've been thinking lately a lot about the nature of love and different kinds of love. Okay. And different ways that you can carry it. Because I started thinking about some past relationships and like love, if you look at it as a ball, let's just go ahead and love's ball love is a ball love is a ball yeah and some of them are a sphere why don't we say sphere sure a sphere is a yeah ball. let's say sphere ball is a sphere yeah <laughs> but sphere is has more weight to it yes, it doesn't yes, sound yeah, okay. like i've got a ball yeah like ball it. of love for you girl <laughs> sphere of love okay. sounds much better uh, but some of it, I guess, relationships I've had in the past, it feels like that uh, the ball that, or the sphere of love that I'm carrying, because of course it's something that you carry with you at all times. Uh, I felt more like Atlas, you know, like where you're carrying the this gigantic sphere on your back, and you can't really do anything with that love. Every single thing that you do is affected by that, and everything is made more difficult because you are holding that gigantic sphere on your back with both of your hands essentially tied. So it's a burden. Back. It's a sphere burden. A huge burden. A, a love burden. Still love. Still De- love. Definitely still love, but still a burdensome love. And others, it's something that you can carry underneath your arm. You know, so you've still got one arm free, but it's still somewhat inconvenient. That's, I would say, that, that's not a necessarily a bad love, but still like a, a large enough one. Like, let's say the size of a globe. But other kinds of love, it's the kind that's so small that it can fit in your pocket. You can just put it in there, and it's with you at all times, and it always helps you, and you can just take it out, and you can look at it anytime you want to and put it back in there. But it always gives you strength. It's still always with you. Look at it as, say, a legendary item in a video game. It's something that once you get, you can just kind of put it in your pocket, and it makes the whole game easier. That one thing that makes the game easier, that one secret item, that once you find it, you know what, everything's going to be much easier from now on. And if I didn't have this, then the game would be much harder. Because you know how I think like life is a video game quite a bit. Of course. Yeah. And I think that that is, that might be the best love there is. I think that could be the kind of love to aspire to. You know, not just looking for, but also the kind of love to give to somebody else. Like to be somebody's pocket sphere. Not to be a burden, not to be some, not to make someone out to be an atlas, but to be something that some you can carry with, or that another person can carry with them, in order to make their life better, make their life easier, and give them something to look at when times are rough. And I think it's interesting because I feel like, you know, when you're with someone for a long time, that love can probably 
shift. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you're a love sphere in the pocket, but sometimes you're holding it on your back. Yeah. And and those are times that you have to get through to get back to the times of living in your pocket. Absolutely. But, you know, it's hard to work through that. You know, it's hard to get the ball size down. Sphere. Excuse me. <laughs> the sphere size. Ball size. Well, ball size. I think we can switch between ball and sphere. keep saying ball, but, like, but then I say ball size and it makes me think of <laughs> cock and balls. Yeah, cock and balls, yes. Testicles. Yes, testicles, if you will. Which, you know, ball size or ball size, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're talking love ball size. <laughs> but then I feel like, you know, it's, it, it's a need that if you realize that that's what your love has become is trying to deal with how do I make it not a burden anymore and make it something that helps my life and I think the communication is key to that yeah but it's hard to pinpoint sometimes you know like if you're in a relationship and you feel like you're holding your atlas how do you get how do you get out of that yeah how do you let the ball go that's the biggest thing. How do you let the ball go? And I also think that sometimes you can't help but be a burden. Right. You know, or not being a burden. I think that's a real, that is a, sometimes a, I think that might be a wrong way to put it in certain cases. In some cases, yes, the person you're in a relationship with can absolutely be a burden. But I think if someone's going through some shit, like say if your partner is going through a particularly hard depressive episode or going through grief are going through any hard thing that they can't really do much about at the time. Yes, you might have to hold something much bigger then, but that's not a burden. Like that is a very elastic type of uh, elastic type of weight. I think weight would be in those cases. Weight's a better word to use than burden. Uh, but some people can definitely be a very large burden. And it's also hard to pinpoint what exactly is that you feel that makes it a burden as well. You know, sometimes it's just not a good fit, and that's why. But sometimes, like you said, if you're going through a patch and and you have to, especially if it's your partner that's going through something, that you have to adapt to the situation to say, okay, how can I make their lives better? How can I make this easier patch? Because you're not going to take it away. You're not going to make them all better. Mm -mm. You know, sometimes it's hard... I feel like, especially if a partner's going through something like that, when you're like, you know, well, what can I do? And they're, you know, sometimes they don't want answers. Yeah. And that's also, you know, keeps the sphere the same size. When you're like, oh, I can't help them. There's nothing I can do. I'm helpless. I have no use of my arms. Yeah. But then in different ways that you can help them in like cleaning up the house or asking them how their day is or thinking about them and bringing something home for them. Like, I feel like those are ways to change the sphere into something globe-sized yeah. that you can hold in one arm and still have the other arm free. Yeah. But it's all in how you interact and how you deal with it and also how you recognize it as well. Rather than pushing it away, you know, if both of your arms are taken up by holding onto this burden, you know, it's it, it, it's hard to think of a way out of it. Yeah. But it's all in communication and talking to someone. Now, do you think you've ever gone... Have you ever been in a relationship where the love has changed like that? I think a lot of love starts small. I think a lot of it is, I think most love does start small. Like it's as far as like size goes and small doesn't necessarily mean small as in power. It's small as in, you know, size as far as how much of your life it takes over. And I think, you know, you're right. Love does go grow elastic. And I think most of the love that have 
uh, felt in my life uh, does grow into some sort of burden, but not necessarily, not every relationship ended because that love grew into a burden. A couple of them did. Uh, because if a relationship affects every single aspect of your day and affects every single uh, moment of your life in a negative way, uh, then that's something that should definitely end. But every once in a while, that little ball just disappears. And that's definitely happened a couple times as well uh, for both of you, where it just kind of it, it changes color to something else. It changes color from, you know, romantic love to friendly love. You know, to right. somebody that you love just as a friend where there's no huge blow up and there's no, you know, there's no fights or anything like that where the relationship just sort of ends. Uh, I have realized now that this metaphor can be used in quite a few different ways. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we can explore and stretch this metaphor as <laughs> much as we possibly can. Uh, but I think... I think a lot of times uh, I don't I don't know if uh, a lot of people I don't know if a lot of people's relationships end in in gigantic explosions, but I would say, out of the uh, serious relationships I've had in my life, I'd say about three quarters of them definitely ended in gigantic blowups, um, but that other quarter it just kind of <laughs> fizzled out, you know, yeah. just went to a friendship place. What about you? I. You know, it's interesting because when we were originally talking about this, I, I understand that completely. I think a lot of people do. When you, when you see yourself as Atlas holding up love and it's like, I have no way out of this. And I think that that's, I mean, personally, when Doug and I originally had broken up, that's how I was. Yeah. Like, that is what it is. When you, you know, I didn't see a way out. I didn't think that anything would change. So I just let the ball go. Yeah. I just put it down and was like, well, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And I just left. But in turn, in that time apart, the our love changed completely. And ever since, it has been that love of, like, he's in my pocket. Yeah. And, you know, and things aren't negatively affected by our relationship. They're just generally positively affected by it. But I feel like that's not always the right way to go around it. Like, if I hadn't been so young and if I hadn't been so scared, I probably could have worked through it. We yeah. could have worked on other things. We could, rather than saying, this isn't right, we can't do this, which that's the explosive that I feel like a lot of people go through. And it's not even, you know, young for everybody. It happens no matter what. It just yeah. depends on the people. Um, I, and I think that it, it's hard to remember that couples go through hard times and it's things that you can work through rather than, no, this isn't for me. No, I don't want to do this anymore. Not that all relationships, I mean, a lot of relationships, people just aren't meant to be together or yeah. just not working out. Completely understandable. But, you know, it is the whole idea of every time my, you know, mother pushes me to get married that, like, they went through 20 years of a bad marriage. Yeah. And they stuck it out. And now they're, like, head over heels in love with each other, but they're in their 60s. And it took a long time to get to that point, but she's like, well, that's what marriage is. You have a lot of downtime, like bad times, because that's life, and you just work through it and work through it. And I feel like their love did change in size, you know, from a burden to being together and, and, and positively affecting each other. But that's not most people. No. And looking at that, like, I feel like I say that, and I do respect that they did that, but how do you do that for 20 years? Like, how do you go, like, 
How do you mm. hate the person that is the father of your children for that long and stick with it? Most people wouldn't. The vast majority of people wouldn't. I think that's an older generation thing. It's an older generation People thing. in our generation don't do that. Because it's easy to not. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I'm, I'm better than this, which is good yeah. for the most part. Uh, but I do kind of believe that, you know, working through something and saying, like, I chose this, I made a commitment, and I am going to deal with the outcome is something to be respected. I just don't think it's always the right way to go around it. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. But I also think that uh, in addition to the older generation not being, uh, or the older generation being much more likely to stick through it, I think it's also the older generation that's much more likely to put up with it. Right. And I think that's a big difference, too, is that, you know, this through that whole thing, you know, it's, you know, your mother did put up with that stuff, you know, and I think there might be, you know, these days, I think women are less likely to just put up with it. But it could also be, you know, made there. The argument could also be made is that your mother was also in an abusive relationship. Right. You know, which is which makes things much, much more difficult, much more complicated. And also, you know, it is an old school thinking of. Well, he, he's the one that makes all the money. Yeah. And he's the one that's like, I don't want to, if I leave him, then my kids are, they don't have anything. So if I just stay with him, if I could just get the kids to college, and it's like, that's an old school thinking as well, which, thank God. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that that is something that, but it doesn't even have to just be the woman in the relationship. Like now, you know, like women can also make the money and a, and a, and a, a father could feel that way as well. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's just scary to think that sometimes you're you get a little you feel financially trapped in a relationship whether you have kids or you don't have kids and that's scary and now that you know with prenups and everything and all that stuff like it's i feel it's it's more of a safety net so you're like oh well then i can just leave them mm-hmm. and i i don't know if that's always a good thing but sometimes it is being able to have that door right that is that exit i i i just Sometimes the exit's so easy, though. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're like, oh, I could just leave. Even, I'm not even married, and it would be difficult to end my relationship. But that's not a reason to stay if you're unhappy. You know, I, you, know you go through hard times when you leave someone, but you have to choose for yourself and choose what they're doing to you and if it's something that you want to put up with. Mm-hmm. We have the choice now. Yeah. Which is wonderful. And we're all, it's only getting better as the years go on, you know? And speaking of which, uh, our first letter today has a lot to do with what we're talking about right now. Uh, what are we going to call this girl? Mm, chaptastic. <laughs> chaptastic it is. Hey, Marcus and Jackie. I'm listening to Rat Maze right now, painting my bathroom, and actually had to pause and write this email before the moment left me. I was in a domestically violent relationship for about two years. It was, like you said, uh, I lived in a big city and most people noticed but turned away, but some didn't and I owe my life to them. I am overcome with emotions hearing the empathy you two have for victims of domestic violence, especially now with all the NFL bullshit going on. I hear so many people slagging off the women who stay and it is such a relief to hear people discussing domestic violence in a way that doesn't demonize the victims. Some advice... Sometimes all you have to ask is, are you okay? If they say yes and you don't believe them, don't give up. 
Don't pry, but maybe ask them out for a coffee or send a text to make yourself a person they can reach out to when they finally decide that they've had enough because it is their decision and they are the only ones who can make the decision to leave. Thank you for all that you guys do. So much love coming at you from the Midwest. Cheptastic. Which thank you so much for writing in and it's amazing that you were able to have the strength to move past that. Oh, and that's, yeah. I mean, so many people don't have that and and... I'm very happy that you did. I, but that's the problem with that. Was it Ray Rice? Yeah. Is it the one with where he punched his fiance in the elevator? Yeah. And that was back in... No, it was like February. February. That, that's what the video is from. And, of course, uh, women should not be hit. Yeah. Of course, that this should not have gone down. Of course. But... With all of this coming to light and all of this media coverage and all of this, she still married him. She still stayed with him. Obviously, I mean, it, probably people knew about it and it was her choice to marry him, but now her life is over. Yeah. And it was wrong. I don't agree with it, of course, but, and I feel like I, I don't mean to be a bitch in saying this, but like now her life is really ruined. Yeah. 1000%. And, I feel like that, like with all this media coverage, it's like, no, we're doing good for this stuff. We're doing good. But I don't think that this media coverage is doing good for the situation of spousal abuse. Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I mean, it definitely, it brings some, you know, it brings the conversation to the forefront, but this woman was definitely sacrificed for the sake of that conversation. Right. You know. And yes, you know, it should be brought up. He should have been brought to court. This should have been handled. This should have been dealt with by the NFL. But I don't think that her name should have been splattered all over everything, saying, like, why didn't she leave? How could she not leave? And all of that. And I feel like that's what the conversation has gone towards. Well, went towards the negative side. And, you know, there are plenty of women who marry their abusers. Who yes. think, like, I, I you know, I, I got very curious during this whole Ray Rice thing, and I, you know, read some testimony from some survivors of domestic abuse, and I read this one article from a, a woman who said that her husband, her, well, ex-husband, beat her a few days before the wedding. Yeah, and she kept thinking, if I marry him then everything it'll will stop. be all right. It'll stop. If I marry him, then it'll stop. He'll see that I'm committed. The jealous rage will go away. Uh, he'll stop being so irrational. I'll show him my commitment to him. Uh, and so women end up marrying their abusers quite a bit. It's not like abusive relationships suddenly begin when somebody gets married. A lot of times it starts long before that. Uh, and but also there's, uh, I feel a lot of when men propose, they're like, well, then, then I'll stop. Like, then I'll like, stop. I will stop. Yeah. It's like the same thing as like having a kid to save the marriage. Right. You know, it's uh, having a marriage to save yourself. That's what they want. You know, they want, the man wants to redeem himself and the woman wants to redeem him. You know, as, as least as far as I understood it, you know, maybe, I'm, maybe I completely missed the point on that. Uh, but that's what it seemed like, is it? And also, who knows? I, I mean, I'm not personally, I don't know this woman's background, it, um, Ray Rice's wife. But when you're with someone that is making a lot of money as well, and, you know, who knows where she had come from and what she had dealt with in her life that, you know, that warped thinking of like, well... If he hits me every once in a while, at least I have this beautiful like life now that he's built for me and he's given me all of this. So if this is what I have to deal with, then I guess I'll deal with it. Yeah. And 
now, I mean, it's all come to to a head in the media, but now she doesn't even have anything. Yeah. And now he's lost everything, and now she's lost everything. How is how hard is it going to be for her to put her life back together? Because they're still together. Yeah. It's not like that's going to break up the marriage, you know. In fact, I'm sure it glued their marriage tighter together than it ever has been. Because unfortunately, in these situations, when you when you go like to someone, like exactly what um, Chaptastic was talking about, like if you ask them, like, "Oh, are you? Oh, is he hurting you? Oh, is this?" and you demonize the person, is what is that Stockholm syndrome? When yeah. you're like, when you want to protect them. Yeah, when you want to protect your captor or the person, essentially the person who's hurting you, you want to protect them. And unfortunately, sometimes that prying pushes them even further into the arms of the person that's hurting them. It's extremely delicate. And I think that that's what this whole thing had done. And I think what it does in the future is scare women that are being hurt uh, especially because this is a guy's a big dude he's a big scary fucking dude that they see that and then their husbands or their boyfriends are like that ain't gonna happen to us Mm -hmm. so you better shut your fucking mouth And, and I think it just hurt I think we're just like 10 points into the hole of where we were before all of this started yeah I don't know I don't know whether it helped or hurt but I know it hurt her Yes, definitely. And I just, you know, all you can hope is that people will get the strength to come out and talk about it. But I think that this whole thing has just hurt it more in the end. So if you're going through something like this, just remember that you can trust people. Yes. There are people that you can trust and that, you know, they were celebrities. So that that took it to a whole different level. Nothing like this is going to happen. Right. If you or or a friend that you have, like, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be on the news. Or anything like that. If it eventually gets to the point where, you know, a lot of abusive relationships go and it ends in a death, then it'll be on the news. But if you leave, it won't be. Um, So, you know, I don't don't mean to be so uh, dramatic with it, I guess, but a lot of abusive relationships do end in someone dying. Uh, So don't let... This whole Ray Rice thing. Don't let the uh, the fact that you know might, you know, it'll go through some hard times, definitely. But don't let that stop you from, you know, possibly intervening in uh, an abusive relationship that you see. But thank you, Chaptastic, for writing in. It really made it made me feel good because, you know, I I I I have never gone through a long term abusive relationship I've definitely been verbally abused I have been hit before but nothing that I had ever stayed with the person which I am very (laughs) happy about but I can see how easy it is Yeah, and it's scary and it's not your fault yes thank you so much for writing in All right, next letter this is a a, uh, we've already talked to this guy I can't remember uh what he does say, I'm an Asian high school male, so have fun making a name for me, Jackie. Well, this is a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is not round table. This is something very different. But I will call you Iguana Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's racist or not. No, I wasn't trying to be racist. <laughs> Iguana Eyes. All right. 
Hello, Jackie and Marcus. I was listening to the episode, Write It Down, and I recalled a good counselor that I did enjoy talking to uh, and having actual good informative conversations with. Unfortunately, he was only hired for one semester and was fired for, quote, being different and not giving good directive advice. Bastards! Sons of bitches. Sadly, it seems that the principal wanted a counselor who would be normal and not helpful rather than one that was a bit wacky and more helpful. I'm not sure if you remember me writing in roughly a year ago about my problems with uh, my girlfriend and I wanting to have sex but still having conflicting feelings about waiting till marriage. I just wanted to follow up on that since we eventually just naturally let our emotions out and had sex and have been having sex like loving rabbits. My question is a simple one. How do I go about buying a box of condoms? I bought individually wrapped ones before from the vending machines, but I still can't bring myself to go to the convenience store and just buy a box. How can I build up the courage to just go and do it so we never have to worry about not having a condom? Thanks and love you guys. Iguana eyes. Just go. Oh, yeah, just, just do it. Just fucking do it, man, and do it with a smile on your face. Honestly, I feel like you should be proud of yourself walking up there. <laughs> I mean, not only the fact that it's like, yeah, I'm having sex. Yes. And I also am buying a big box of condoms, so I'm having a good <laughs> amount of sex. And I'm also being responsible. Yeah. And I also know, it's like, I feel like no one at a convenience store will judge you. You might get a thumbs up. Yeah. You might get a wink. Yeah. But other than that, you being safe and you protecting yourself and your girlfriend is nothing to be ashamed of. No. And once you do it once, you will completely see how easy it is. I can completely speak from experience. I was always the one that bought the condoms and all like all of my young years of growing up. And mm. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. I usually got a thumbs up or a wink yeah, or yeah. like a yeah. <laughs> but then now, <laughs> grown up, working with Murder Fist, uh, we use blood condoms often, so when we... <laughs> blood condoms, I, by the I, way. Yes, I was about to aired, explain yeah. it. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Basically, when we're on stage and someone gets shot or stabbed or something, we um, make our own blood and we put them into unlubed condoms. We tie them really, really tight so that when you're on stage and you twist it, you twist it really hard and it pops and explodes the blood everywhere. Yeah. But that also leads to going to Walgreens or CVS and buying in bulk unlubricated <laughs> condoms, which is very embarrassing. That's like a different story. The years, like, I feel like that is like, with the first time I did it, even though I had bought condoms so many times, I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy 48 unlubricated condoms. I'm gonna look that man in the eye and be like, yes, I don't even need lubrication when I have sex. They call me Bucket Sabrowski. <laughs> I have so much wet that I don't even need the help of a lubricant in any way, shape, or form. They call me Water Slide. <laughs> I hope it tears. I know it's hard to put on. I enjoy the fight. But <laughs> I was so embarrassed. And I went up and I bought them and I was like, I use, I'm in sketch comedy and I, use, I use her sketch comedy and I'm just like talking and the guy's like, yeah, gave me a fucking thumbs up, gave me a, big thumbs gave me a up. wink, you know, because at the end of the day, 
It's cool to have sex as long as you're being protected. As long as you're being protected. Yeah. Just remember to be safe. And by the way, just stop having sex without condoms. If you don't have a condom, then just do something else. Yes. Don't do it because I'm sure you're probably doing the pullout right now. At least I hope to fucking God you're doing that at least. But the pullout doesn't work. Does not work. Does not work. Absolutely does not work. I know many a high school buddy. Many, many, many. Many, many. Many, many who try the pull-out method, and guess what? They've got kids that are about, oh, they're 13 years old now. I graduated from college or, or from high school about 12, actually 13 years ago. So yeah. those kids might be more like 15 or 14 now. Uh, so pull-out method equals having a kid in high school, which you absolutely do not want. So if you don't have a condom, there's blowjobs, there's hand jobs. Both of them are fucking great. Yes. So do that. If you don't have a condom, don't have sex. But luckily, you can buy condoms itty at any number of places around town. Convenience stores, pharmacies. Gas anywhere. stations. Gas stations. There's so many places to buy condoms. Always uh, keep one, at least one or two in your wallet. Always. Because yeah, you never know when you might want to fuck. Yes, you never know. And even if you're not, if you're a virgin, you haven't had sex, always have, but don't keep it in there for too long. Yes. Because they do expire. And it will break. Not only do they expire, but having uh, condoms in your wallet for any amount of time really isn't that good of an idea. Uh, it screws with the, uh, I can't remember what it, what it is, but it makes them less, uh, it's either the heat of your ass or also, I'm sure being pressed really hard, being pressed really hard. It takes down the effectiveness. So, you know, if you keep, don't keep a wallet in, or don't keep a condom in your wallet. That's uh that is uh, something I mean, and also you don't want that embarrassing condom ring on your wallet. I used to carry around a condom in my wallet in high school as many a kid did. Cause you never know. <laughs> you never know, but when you're 14, you got a big condom ring on your wallet. That That's kind of embarrassing, and it kind of makes you look like... That's the funny thing, is that that kind of makes you look like a nerd. Yeah. Having the big ring on your... Like, that. That kids will make fun of you for that. Uh, and so keep it, keep it in your pocket. Uh, keep it in a bag or like your handbag or your backpack or something like that. Uh, but yeah, keeping condoms in wallets, not a good idea. And also, having sex... First in a vagina and then finishing in the ass also doesn't work either. <laughs> Which I knew a lot of people that are like, oh, are no, you no, serious? no. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I was just like, oh, I'll just start in the front and then I'll move to the back. But you pre-ejaculate has sperm in it. Yes, it and does. And you're going to pre-ejaculate. There's yes. going to be liquid in there. Yes, there is. And, and you're not going to know when that happens. And if you come inside of her ass, it is a possibility to have it float on down. Yeah. It can seep out yes, and can. seep down. And I know that that's a long shot, but it's still a shot. It's definitely still a shot. Do you want to be a father? If you don't want to be a father, don't do it. Absolutely not. And also, anal sex is dangerous. Yes. It's not... If you don't know how to do it. You have to, You should look it up. I know porno makes anal sex seem extremely easy. Like They make it seem like you can just pop that motherfucker in there and go to ramen. No, you can tear shit up really fast. You can end up with a shitty dick, which many people out there, if they don't know how to do it, you end up with a shitty dick, or you can, you can end up with anal fissures. The girls can end up with anal fissures. Or uh, hemorrhoids, right? Hemorrhoids. You can end up with hemorrhoids. You can fuck up. An, an asshole is not meant to go in. 
It's meant to go out. There are ways to do it. There are definitely very safe, very pleasurable ways oh, to yeah, have anal sex. You just take it slow. Sex. You just always take it slow. Take it slow. Do the enema beforehand. Uh, don't just don't start with the baseball bat. You know, start with the finger. Start with a small. You got to you know the human rectum is very elastic. So don't just fucking ram it in there because uh, you're going to hurt somebody. And use lots and lots, lots and lots, lots, lots of lots. lube. Lots, <laughs> lots, 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 lots. Use a whole fucking bottle if you have to. Yeah, and, and spit is not all that. No, just buy That's lube. not a great lube. Just buy Which lube. also, if you're buying condoms, just throw lube on there. Just, just fucking put it on there. Just put you it. can buy lube at any Walgreens or CVS. Or Rite Aid or whatever the hell you got. Just, you know, if, if it's something that you want to try, just buy it. It will make it easier. And also remember with condoms that I feel like, you know, there are sexy ways to put on condoms. Yeah. You know, using your mouth and, and, and or I feel like anytime we ever use condoms, it was like funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and or like silly, which that's usually. I mean, that's my sex go-to. Anyway, yeah. I mean, oh, there's yeah. usually Sometimes, laughter in my sex. Sometimes I sing the condom song. What's the condom song? Putting on a condom. Putting on a condom. Putting on a condom. Hey, hey, hey. Is there a hey, hey, hey? There should be hey, hey, hey. There should be hey, hey. I'll, I'll do the hey, hey, hey next time. Yeah, but I think anytime a a significant other is putting on the condom for you. You're going to stay hard. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. about to fucking have sex. And you don't have to stop. Like, you can continue kissing while you put on the oh, condom. One thousand percent. That's great. Yeah. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. as your significant other's putting it on, ah. you're just like making out really hard and just like, and her breasts are up against you. Yes, they are. But I think that it's great. I, I, as long as you're being safe, congratulations on slowly moving forward. I know that this was a hard decision for you to make, and it's it's good that you guys made the decision together mm -hmm. you came to it together and you decided to wait for a while and then you decided to do it which is it's a great way to start no matter what yeah you know starting slow is always good always always now you're doing it right man except for you know if you're having sex without condoms now you're not doing it right that is not right but if you just go and buy a box and use condoms that is right that is the right way to do it that's a safe way to do it and uh yeah keep on keeping on man hell yeah all right, well, we are actually going to uh, end this episode talking about something that was posted on our Facebook uh, page. we got a Facebook group. Uh, it's just called Sex and Other Human Activities, and it's a wonderful group. Uh, there's a couple of hundred people there uh, that, you know, post up questions, and, you know, they can... You can you guys can all talk to each other about it and give each other advice and it's a fantastic group. It's and been it's going awesome. great. Everyone's really helping each other out. I feel bad. I'm horrible at Facebook. Yeah. I never fucking check it. I'm <laughs> really, really bad about it. But uh, I, I am so proud and happy that everyone's really helping each other out. And like this is what it's about, man. Yeah. We have to be there for each other, especially if you have nowhere to turn in real life. At least we have somewhere to turn here. Absolutely, man. So we're actually, I'm going to read a post right now from uh, this woman, Alana Nosar, who uh, just posted yesterday. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's, let's read this post here. Hello, I have been a listener for about three to four months now, mostly listening while driving between my visits with clients. I'm a certified school psychologist in New York and Pennsylvania, and I'm currently working as a mobile therapist and behavior support consultant, as well as an adjunct professor at a local state college where I teach general psychology and human development. 
I'm about halfway through the available podcast for the show, and it's funny that Marcus Parks has been talking about 30 in the episodes I've listened to lately, as today is my 30th birthday, which I'm undecided on at this time. I had an interview yesterday for a full-time school psychology position that I actually applied to last year as well. I feel like the interview went very well yesterday, but I'm also an anxious person. Having a full-time job in the area I grew up in would be the best 30th birthday present ever, but I'm so used to disappointment that I feel like I said or did something to sabotage myself. I know I know my shit, I teach it in my classes, and I use it in my current position. I'm just hoping the woman I interviewed with felt the same way I did about the interview, but that's at not actually why I'm posting today. As I said, I teach a general psychology class, and I like to make the class engaging for my students. I was wondering if it was okay for me to use some of the material from the podcast in my upcoming classes, and hoping to get some input from people who actually struggle with some of the mental health issues I discuss in my class. As the professor, I don't feel that it is appropriate to discuss my own difficulties and have found that doing so is not beneficial to the students. So I'm hoping that some of my fellow listeners could feel comfortable sharing their experiences. Of course, I will not use names or any identifying information. I hope that some of you will feel free to comment on this or personal message me. It would be very much appreciated. Eventually, I envision an actual panel of people in one of my classes to discuss this topic to normalize mental health issues as well as to get people talking candidly about it. I want to say that I enjoy the podcast. I love that people are openly discussing sexuality and mental health issues, two things that unfortunately seem taboo to this day in our society. From Alana Nosar on the Facebook page. Um, I uh, I saw a commercial that has Glenn Close in it that is about uh, a man that has schizophrenia, um, and they and it's about normalizing mental, like talking about mental health. Oh, sweet! That they're starting a huge campaign about people talking about their mental health issues and like trying to make it something that people are open to talk about. I can't remember what the website is. Um, that's what I wanted you to look up, um, but. Thank you so much for writing on our Facebook page. I was like immediately so interested in this. If you're listening to 30, you probably also haven't listened to the like 20 episodes where I'm like, I want to be a psychiatrist. (laughs) Um, uh, And it's amazing the work that you do for people. I am so happy that you reached out to us. Please use whatever you know you want. Yeah, with uh, our stuff, I, I would love to come and talk. I, I would. I just want to help people and being able to talk about this stuff. But also, we wanted to read it on the air so that if anyone else wanted to private message this woman, what's her name again? Her name is Alana Nosar. That's A L A N A N O S A R. Because she's doing wonderful help with people and if you could private message her in any way that we can all help her out in talking about our own uh, mental illnesses and our own problems um, you know this is where it starts yeah we have to we have to start somewhere and and this is this is it yeah this is absolutely it and uh, yeah just go to the and if you if you can't find her just by searching for her, just go to the Facebook page uh, it's the it's the one right on top and I'm sure she would appreciate hearing anything that you guys uh, have to say I know there are ton of listeners out there that have written to us in the past uh, that I'm sure could give her more of an insight uh, through an actual conversation rather than you know an email and us talking about it uh, so yeah just go ahead and uh, go to the Facebook page and get a hold of Alana Nosar uh, and let her know what you think and yeah if anybody actually if anybody out there wants us to come to their university or come to their school or anything like that and talk 
or have a panel or anything like that, shit, we're up for it, man. We're totally down. Yeah. You know, and, and that like that commercial just like it was the first time I've ever seen something like that, especially on just broadcast television of we're it's finally starting. Yeah. We're finally trying to make this something that we're not supposed to be ashamed of anymore and that we can actually openly talk about it. And you know, we all this is the generation. It's our, this is our responsibility. We need to make this a huge priority for us and our children and the next generation. And this is where it starts. So thank you so much for all of the work you do, Alana. And, you know, I hope that we can help in any way that we can. Absolutely. And thank all of you guys for listening to Sex and Other Human Activities today. If you've got any questions or comments for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. We've got a real... We got a pretty rough one coming up next week that uh, that we we uh, we really wanted to spend some time with, uh, and we just didn't have quite enough time to 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 take care of it today. Uh, it's uh, has to do with a, a very very sad situation with the wedding, uh, but we'll definitely get back to that next week. And please, the listener who wrote that on, please hang on, because uh, that's that's a really rough situation. Uh, but we'll be back next week uh, with that letter first thing. Uh, and thank all of you for listening to Sex and Other Human Activities. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. Goodbye.